break it, you bought it. What happens if you accidentally inadvertently damage or break equipment in your clinic? Are you on the hook to replace it? This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, we've got a real-life dilemma that involves what happens if you break something in your clinic that you're using to take care of a pet patient. But before we get into that conversation, and it's going to be a good one, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. Holy smokes, Becky, you found a story that... Just just share yeah. it with the viewfinders. I came in pretty hot today, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Wait, and today? Every day, I think. <laughs> you make a good point, but extra hot today. Um, <laughs> maybe spicy, because I, I read a post um, that was celebrating a new piece of equipment in the clinic, and truly that's what the post is about. Yeah. In between the lines was just kind of mentioned. It's so expensive. My veterinarian said, "If you break it, it's coming out of your next paycheck." Wow! And, wasn't and it was even serious. But you, I mean, they were. That's actually what was what happened, right? I mean, they said. Yeah, I mean, that's what the the veterinarian said to them. Now it might have been like kidding, which we would call passive aggressive, not kidding. Um, or why or, you don't use sarcasm in the workplace? Right, right, right. or right. very sarcastic. Or, but to me, it was just threatening language even if you're kidding um if you held the let's the piece of equipment was let's say five hundred dollars um if if you held five hundred dollars over my head every time i had to touch something right. uh it, it would be really upsetting to me and so that wasn't even the point of the post guys like that was i totally <laughs> ruined i think this person's day but i was like whoa that is leading by fear that's super dysfunctional um and I was like, if I were you, I would start a little, uh, you know, a little bank off to the side showing that you guys <laughs> go are. Go fund me. I want to yeah, use new clippers or whatever. Go fund me because I don't have $500 if I break these. So I'm going to start putting in a quarter a week to cover my butt. So I was pretty pissed about this, to be honest with you. And I came into to the, to this conversation today and was like, what are your thoughts on this? Because there is a lot of expensive equipment in the practice, right? Things do go missing. Things do get broken. Um what are your thoughts? And even if it's going to happen, do you have the right to threaten your staff? Right. No, you don't. But first of all, things go missing. Let's put that in a different category, right? Because if there's theft occurring in the workplace and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to park that one over there. Is that okay? Oh, I didn't mean theft so much as like, where, where did that thing go that we always use? And then eventually somebody finds it in the top of a closet oh, yeah, behind yeah. A, You know, it's like just not yeah. taking good gotcha. care of or keeping track of things. Um, or the other thing I meant by going missing is we run out of it. We're, right. We don't yeah, yeah. have any more of it. We're misappropriating it. Okay. Well, let, let me table that for just a second because sure. I love this conversation, Viewfinders. And, and, and this is actually more common than you might think. Now, on the outset, you know, we're kind of doing this sort of humorous thing, but we're saying, wait a second, the subtext of this is 
quite toxic in my opinion yeah, and harmful. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll tell you a true story, Becky. Years and years ago, when ultrasounds were just starting to be applied in the clinics, I was visiting a clinic as a consultant and they showed me, you know, back in their radiology room, they had this, you know, brand new, you know, it was a color Doppler ultrasound at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I wish I had one of these. You know, I still got just an old, you know, black and white horrible yeah. one, right? And, uh, and I said, I, guess, I bet you guys just use it all the time. And the young associate veterinarian turns to me, whale-eyed, and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't dare touch this thing, right? So what? it's exactly what you're saying here with this new piece of equipment. I'm sure that the, the owner said, this costs $40,000, and if it goes damaged, uh, gets missing, what? Yeah. right? So they wouldn't touch it. Right. So nobody was utilizing this expensive piece of equipment. The owner was basically in absentia. So, right, this is one of those clinics that's kind of ghost managed. Right? I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, and of course, I'm there to try to solve their problems. But I realized, wow, that's exactly as you said it. They're being led by fear. There's a lot of issues here from the top down. And so if you find it's like, this is actually more pervasive than you think. I want you to ask yourself right now as you're listening to today's podcast, you know, is there, are there things in your clinic that nobody uses unless they absolutely positively must do it, right? Because they're like, eh, that's kind of off limits. And if so, why is it off limits? And what I would say is, why is it there? Or it's like so complicated, nobody knows how to operate it. And because it's so expensive, you're scared to touch anything on right. it to learn. it shouldn't be there. It's a waste but, of money. You know, I have, cannot tell you how many equine vets I've heard say that their equipment is more expensive than their technician's life. Um, like, I can't wow. tell you how many times they'll say that this this is more valuable than your life. So you make sure that the horse kicks you before it kicks this probe or this piece of equipment. But think, that's so demoralizing. Right. Right. There. Like, like, right. Right, oh, and that's gosh. like when you were talking about ultrasounds, I was thinking like that's what was going to get said, and 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 so this is the far end of it. Is like we use this, we have to use this. This is so important that like please get kicked before uh, you allow this equipment to get messed up. And I think they're only semi kidding, and right. you know. I, I, for me, it's like you're not kidding unless we're both laughing, you know, because if we're not both laughing, then we've missed the boat here. Um, and I think this is actually happening a lot. Like, I bet you this is resonating with so many listeners right now. Yeah. And, and you know, even growing up as a kid, and, and I think a lot of this has to do with sort of this resource scarcity mentality, right? So like when, and I grew up, you know, not, you know, just very low, low middle class. And, and, um, and I appreciate that, right? Like I learned a lot, you know, I didn't have a lot growing up, but you know, as, as I've become an adult and more successful, I really appreciate things in a different way sometimes. But thinking back to, to when I was a kid, my father would say things like, you know, like, like, let's say we were working around a car, right? So you're like, you're in the garage and like messing around, you know, fixing the car, right? Which, cause we've had to fix cars and you could fix cars back then, Becky. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. But I, my father would say things like, you know, he was like, if you scratch that car, you know, that's the end of you. And you took mm -hmm. it as a joke, but my father would say skin heals, dents don't, <laughs> you know, just, oh. just stuff like that. And, and, and does that then get baked into your psyche that then when you go to a vet clinic and you own a vet clinic and you buy some new cordless clippers that cost $500 do you tell your staff you break it you bought it and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing somehow there's a continuum there there I, yes right like the shame cultures that perpetuate was it how you were treated in school right like because equipment is right. hard to come by so were you in school and you were taught to be terrified of the value of equipment and not taught to understand that replacement and depreciation as a thing um but you know it, either way 
then you got to learn better and you got to do better because you are now in leadership. And that's the difference of any other time in your life, regardless of what that quote unquote has always been done. Right. And, and, and viewfinders, to be fair, and my father's, you know, long since gone and he taught me so many valuable things, including this, what he was trying to capture, I think, and poorly articulated maybe in, in hindsight, was that, you know, hey, Ernie, be mindful, be careful, be attentive, you know, do your best. Don't just be haphazardly throwing stuff around. Right. Like that's what he was trying to communicate. And I would guess Becky, in this post, that's what the owner was trying to say about these new this new device, right? So they were trying to say, be careful with it, guys. Just, you know, don't don't throw it around, kick it around, stuff like that. But if you do that at the expense of someone's self-worth, if you make them fearful, I mean, again, I think that's way overstepping your intent. And I think you will then have the opposite actually impact. Yeah, it was terrible communication and, and obviously was not I would I would suspect not meant the way it was said. Right. Um but but words matter. You know, that's such an important thing in my world is I think that just like words are so important. So uh, well, you know they are because we say the wrong thing here. <laughs> We're going to hear about it from a hundred people. <laughs> <And we> so <laughs> words are important, and so when you say those types of things. Um, you know, I, I, and especially you say I'm across the board, you know, maybe there's one person in your clinic you can say that to, that it's funny and you're kind of on that buddy-buddy. But when you walk in the back and you've got a room full of people and you hold authority and you present this brand new thing, look what I bought you. Aren't I wonderful? I gave you a new toy. I gave you, let's be real, something to do your job more better and efficiently, which is going to benefit me. But if you break it, right. you have to replace it. And I I guess I get it because like um, sometimes we don't always necessarily respect other people's things or, or think about how much they cost. But I think this can divide into the part of the conversation where you and I have been before where we talk about when your clinic understands what things cost, when your clinic understands what kind of money you spend, when you're transparent and you have conversations, it grows inherent respect. And and then you can lead with that respect. Hey, you guys know this is super expensive. This is the one piece of equipment we had in our budget this year. Please be really, really super careful because if we were break it, we don't have money to buy it until next year, right. and that means we don't get what's on next year's budget. So, like, please be careful. You guys know what the money looks like and how this, how valuable this is. Yeah, and this is a good example, too, viewfinders, in my opinion, of you went one statement too far, right? Had they just said, hey, we've got these great new clippers. They're going to make your job easier. They are expensive, so just be careful with them. We're going to have to do some maintenance on it. If you had stopped there, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you made your point. But what happens is people in the heat of the moment to maybe bring levity or humor into it, but honestly, it is offensive. They go that next step, that next statement, they go, but don't forget, if you break it, Becky, you're paying me back for it. And that's just not fair at all, especially in the workplace. All right, check. No problem. <laughs> um, you know, but it, speaking of dads, you know, my dad used to... Um, Say to me, as a parent, he tried not to impose consequences on crimes that have not yet been committed. Okay. So, right? And so he wouldn't say, like, if you don't get home by curfew, you're grounded for a week. I, uh, he kept that a surprise. So then if I didn't follow the rule, he then decided what the consequence was. And that's because... Well, when you say break curfew, fine. If I'm three minutes late, I might as well be three hours late because I know I'm grounded for a week no matter what, right? Right. So his point was sort of like... Hey, if you violate the rules, 
that's the time to assess the punishment. And so I have always grown up with some kind of adversity to somebody telling me a consequence to an action that has not yet been committed. And this is an example of that, which might be why it rubbed me so wrong. So what you're saying is what, in seven years, if I drop them and they break, I have to buy $500? Are you talking about the next 48 hours if something bad happens? Um, Can we we get a a contract clause on this, please? Because I've got questions. Yeah. And and again, you know, my own personal belief on things like this is these are just tools to help people, right? So this is something that's going to expedite, you know, improve efficiencies, whatever, make your life a little easier. And I also expect that, number one, I do expect that you will treat it with respect, as Becky and I are both saying repeatedly, right? So we're not giving you license just to start throwing stuff around and, and and, and treat it, you know, haphazardly. But what we are also saying is that we're doing this to benefit you and where this, this particular I guess, you know, communication tactic goes wrong is by then throwing it back on you, the consequence of something that, as Becky said, a crime that has not been committed. So we're saying we're imposing severe penalties on something that may never happen. And what it does is it throttles back your utility of it. And it also builds a barrier between you and your authority figure, Becky, like you said, because now you're fearful of a consequence, right? And and, and I'm just telling you, viewfinders, leading by fear is just not sustainable. It will not get you the objectives and the outcomes that you want. That, that's been my experience. Right. And, and again, prove me. Yeah. Otherwise. I mean, I think that's exactly it. And we're taught. And again, this is like, I think on a very micro level, you guys could be like, wow, you're really blowing this statement out of proportion. <laughs> but I think on the macro level, what we're saying is this is really prevalent. And You know, Dr. Ernie and I sit here on a weekly basis and talk to you about culture and how you have to do better and how we have to support each other. And there's not always a how. There's not always a specific example. But boy, was this one glaring example that came and said, in this communication circumstance, which is probably happening all the time, this can have an effect on your team. And it's one prime example of something that you can look out for and that you can sort of ripple effect throughout your clinic because – I guarantee you, if you listen to this today and then you put your, you know, listening ears on for the next 48 hours in your clinic, you're going to hear something along these lines that strikes you as toxic or threatening leadership. It can be throughout your teams. It can be front to back. It can be veterinarians. It can be whoever, you know. Um, But if you hear consequences being imposed before this crime is committed, that's how we're going to go with it then I think this is a real red flag to think about how leadership is happening, but also like what kind of opportunity is this that we wouldn't have to to threaten? I think there's probably so many examples about this in the clinic. Yeah. And again, just resorting to threats, a consequence for a crime not committed yet, as Becky said, I love that, by the way, you know, that's really the dangerous element of this. And I think, again, it reveals a toxic underlying culture because that shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to encounter that in your day-to-day work. And look, I know what you guys are saying too. Of course, we're making a mountain out of a molehill. I get it. I hear you clearly through the headphones now. But, But what I'm also saying is that, okay, are you, why, right? Why is that the the tactic that's being used to try to manipulate a behavior, right? And I'm using the term manipulate deliberately there because I think it's going to influence exactly how you, how you approach that new piece of equipment. And again, you know, viewfinders, the other part of this blowback, you're going to say, my boss would never make me pay that, you know, right? But 
the threat's still there, right? Yeah. I mean, just because somebody raises a gun at me, and I've had it happen twice in the clinic, right? They've raised a gun at me and said they were going to shoot and kill me. Luckily, they didn't <laughs> for yeah. my family and for me and for the podcast. But re- regardless, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's no, just raising the gun, you know, that's a threat. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. And th- I guess that's kind of exactly what we're trying to get at. It's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. But let's let's flip the coin here, let's be fair. So now I'm an office manager or I'm a practice owner or I'm the veterinarian who's in charge and my staff is asking for this piece of equipment. Uh, it's not cheap and I, I buy it for them. Historically, things get broken. Uh, so yep. I think about clinic and I think about the dryer. The dryer is always broken, but you go back there and somebody has forgotten to empty the lint trap for the last seven days. We're lucky the clinic's not on fire. So <laughs> yeah, now yeah. we're like frustrated because it's like, well, we've said 15 times there's a sign. There's, you know, we talk about it in meetings. I feel like I've beat it to death, but this problem still occurs and I'm still replacing dryers. So let's use a dryer for an example. What then? Like, what then? Because we do, we can't be unrealistic and say, fine, turn your back if, if things are getting broken left and right. Well, I, I love the dryer analogy because as a person who has owned a variety of clinics in my career, I've gone through a lot of dryers. And I will tell you, first and foremost, you probably have the wrong dryer. <laughs> I hate to say that, but it wasn't until we actually bought commercial grade dryers, like these huge tumblers, like the ones you'd put coins in, right? I mean, yeah. You know, then we stopped having all these problems. <laughs> did so, you make them pay to do the laundry? <laughs> I, did not, I did not. But Becky, you bring up, this is a great point. So I would, first of all, I would say, let's really turn that mirror back around at the management, the leaders, and say, have you really communicated this effectively? Because obviously you haven't. So what can you do to reframe that? The second thing is then evaluate the tool, right? So I I feel like I'm doing a good job. Maybe it's the wrong tool. So I've communicated, but I'm giving you something that's going to fail more frequently than not. Now, if I satisfy both of those, nope, this tool is durable. It's meant for this application. And I've given you every opportunity and educated you and blah, 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 blah. Then I'm going to say it's on you. And that's when I think you have to make personnel changes, right? I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that there aren't people out there that are just going to trash your stuff. Okay. Yeah. I've had them. I mean, we're, yeah. no matter what I did, they just continued to, you know, and, and maybe it was home training, right? I don't know what happened to these people, but there are people that just can't work around delicate equipment. And so either you find another position for them or, you know, find another job. Well, and one thing I think happens too is, and and I know that micromanagement shouldn't happen, but I think a lot of times from a management perspective, we make a statement, we expect it to be followed through, you know, what is that, carte blanche, right? Like we Mm -hmm. don't have any follow-up, we don't check in. So, you know, if if that was the case for me, I'm going to go back and check that gyre three times a day for the next two months because I want to make sure that what I have instilled is being practiced. So many times we're like, have the conversation, hang up the note, and then we don't address it again until something's broken. So again, one, no positive reinforcement happens. So like, hey guys, you guys have been doing exactly what I asked. Two... Um, I, we just expect them to fix it without any kind of in-between leadership. Also, I just want to say as a little sidebar, I feel like the dryer just became an analogy for all of the employees that were like <laughs> overworking and we're expecting them to do huge 
loads of laundry for at a very re- minimal price. Right. Exactly. I love that. I, you're right. Yeah. You, if you pay three hundred dollars for this if dryer, make me it's going to break. Dryer. I will. Right. I will carry those loads. I love that. That's great. But but getting back to this, this is why checklists are so important. I mean, back in the day, man, people would come visit you know our main clinic, and we'd had checklists all over the hospital, including around the dryers and the washers, mm-hmm. right? And and those checklists also help you, especially with the maintenance part, right? So making yeah. sure you change the lint dryer and check the whatever, right? All, all those things, you know, that you have to do. So that's one separate issue. Number one, if you're having maintenance issues, things that break or don't work or you can't find them, probably a checklist could help you out. And I'm not just joking. I mean, checklists really, they, they change my life and they change yeah. it on a daily to continue. But the other part of this is again, okay, you knock stuff off and break stuff. Now that's, some accidents are going to happen. But Becky, sure. if I have a person who repeatedly has accidents, again, this <sighs> this might be symptomatic. So, so look, viewfinders, to be clear, there are two sides to this equation. We're focusing on the communication aspect of an owner that I think behaved inappropriately. I just, I just can't, I can't, in any way, I can't justify it, right? I can't support that use of saying, you know, if you mess this up, you're paying out of your pocket. I just yeah. don't like that. But on the other side of this, I feel very much within my rights as an employer that if you repeatedly break stuff and I've given you every opportunity to fix it and I have the right tools and so forth, then at some point, you know, we have to say, maybe this just isn't for you. I'm so clumsy that I really, I feel like it's always me. Like I am, it's always me. And I'm so sad right now because I'm like, uh, I get this. But I think about like the fear and I think about a younger Becky who then goes in and tries to like super glue, well, surgical glue something back together and then you know, puts it back and hopes the Becky, next person. That is a great point. It. And I'm glad you finders that Becky made this because see, yeah. if you have this fearful environment, what that right. does is it drives accidents underground. So yeah. basically all you're trying to do is say, I broke it, but as long as I don't get caught because they'll go holy heck on me, right? So you're gonna like patch it up, spit and duct tape it together, and then it yeah. falls apart on the next person, right? So right, right. that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> right. <laughs> but again, this is a horrible toxic culture, yeah. right? I right. Mean, Right, right. To actually be in an environment where you are fearful to say, oopsie, yep. then, oh, oh gosh, Becky, that just can't sustain. It's awful. That's that, exactly it. So, and it kind of goes back to the transparency thing, right? Like you yeah. just, and that's going to be happening all across the board, right? So just so you know, then if they give the wrong meds, they're going to be trying to cover it right, up. If there's right. something wrong with your DEA books, they're going to try to cover it up. Yep. If there's a problem between staff, they're going to cover it up. And like, again, I think this just kind of funnels down to, we're always telling you to improve your culture. To me, this was a perfect example of a tiny little toxicity that just is probably brewing that nobody even notices because they're so accustomed to it, like you said, because like my dad certainly threatened my life over objects as I was growing <laughs> right. up and my mom as well, you know? Um it, it, and I and I get the I get what the I get the point and I don't want to seem unsympathetic to managers. But I also want to um, be realistic and and understand that there's a huge missing chunk if that's how things are going in your clinic and that's how you're communicating. Yeah. And, and again, viewfinders, I, I love what Becky said. We think this is just a tiny early signal of a much bigger, broader problem. And that's why, like, again, it's easy to dismiss these things. But, you know, I used to say in my clinics, the, the, the trait I admired the most in a team member was that they could spot a problem. I didn't need 
problem solvers because once we knew what the problems were, a bunch of us could put our heads together and figure it out, right? Yeah. But actually spotting the problems. And Becky saw a post, innocent as it may be, and said, I see a problem. And I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, and and it's just like I said, it's so funny because it's really not that big a deal um, on in passing. But those things are probably accumulating, and it's just an opportunity to do better um, and to find areas that are similar to this. And if you're in management, you know we also want to give you the opportunity here to find the fixes um, and to identify <laughs> areas. You know, I think of things like sign out procedures. Then, you know, if you know that this is a very delicate thing that is going to get lost, then keep it in your office and have it signed out and have it checked between or, you know, involve yourself in the repair process and not always just in the remand process. Yeah. And I I agree. I agree with that hundred percent. Having said that again, as I, as I alluded to earlier, I I just, these are tools to make your life better, to make my patient care better. Right. I mean, so, so I, I've, I've always been a little hesitant to do the lock it up in the office. And I know a lot of people do things like that. And I'm not saying that's not a legitimate, you know, tactic to save the stuff, but I also kind of felt like, you know what, I want it out there. I want it used. I want it beat up and dented. And, you know, but that tells me, and again, not broken guys, (laughs) please, please understand what I'm saying here. But, you know, I, I, I tell you, you know, that that ultrasound example that I shared at the very beginning of, of today's podcast, that I, I could repeat that in a variety of different situations. You know, there was like a, 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 there was a clinic that had this. Uh, you viewfinders, tell me if you've ever seen this. They had a special surgery pack, right? You know, it's like, yeah. well, what makes it so special? Well, that's the one with the more expensive German, you know, all German or whatever. And it's like, well, why can't everybody use? It? it Looks like that would benefit, you know. And again, I get everybody's got their own little criteria and metrics for what is special or whatnot. But again, I just kind of. It's tools, people. It's tools. And so I know that tools are going to get broken. They're going to get misplaced. They're going to get damaged. I want to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to prevent damage unnecessarily. But I also don't want to create this fearful environment where it's like they're so afraid, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've got to carry this with two hands and, you know, or worst case scenario, we just don't touch that. That's so expensive. I am not going near it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to identify in your clinics what's a people problem and what's a process problem. Yeah, that's a lot of people problems. Well, viewfinders, what do you think about this? Do you have any special devices that are kind of off limits? Have you ever been told by your boss that you break it, you bought it? And if so, did anybody ever actually come through on that? <laughs> did they really make somebody pay for it? I, I, I will say, I'll leave you today. Think about uniforms, Becky. I mean, you know, we, you know? we would have these uh, employees that would trash their 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 scrubs or whatever. And, you know, they would tell us that other clinics wouldn't pay for it. And we'd be like, get another pair. We'll pay for it. Right now, obviously, if you did something just ridiculous, you know, and un, un, I, don't, I, I don't know, we always paid for new scrubs. So again, viewfinders, what happens yeah, if you tear right. your scrubs? You know, that's a tool. A, scrubs are your tools. White jackets are tools. That's how I view it. It's it's a it's a equipment workers comp. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let us know how you've dealt with this. You know, Becky, where can they reach us if they want to? Guys, share? you know where to find us. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. You can tweet at Dr. Ernie at Vet Viewfinder. And you can send us an email. We really love that at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. Yes, but if it's all negative stuff, I can tell you where that goes. Uh, mm. Becky's trash. Fox thing. That's, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> you guys have a great week. Thanks again for spending time with us. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.